This is Pursuing Wholeness. to be joining y'all again for another episode of the pursuing wholeness podcast um this is the day the i guess the saturday after thanksgiving um you know there are different views on thanksgiving but um i guess it's united states of america it's a national holiday thanksgiving for some for um native peoples it is a day of mourning and for others, Thanksgiving is just a day that they choose not to observe. But um, so saying all that to say that it's that day, that Saturday after that day, whatever it is, wherever it is you stand. So I, I'm very egalitarian and I try to honor <laughs> all people wherever they are. <clears throat> yep. So but uh, we did observe the day um, I was mindful, you know. I guess I wasn't really thinking about it before. I kind of been kind of different about, um, I guess, our traditional holidays for a while anyway, like mm-hmm. since college, which is weird because that's a long time ago. But I've been going back and forth about, you know, do I want to observe this and that? We'll have to do another episode about that. Maybe after I kind of figure some things out. But um, we did observe. And um, also like a, a few days before, I guess the day before, we happened upon a, a um, story on NPR. Uh, me and my our oldest daughter, we were listening and they were talking about how um, indigenous people or native peoples around the world observe Thanksgiving, the day of Thanksgiving as a day of mourning um, to acknowledge the fact that it wasn't just some pleasant thing for native peoples <clears throat> when um, folks came over on the Mayflower. Um, so just want to kind of mention that, I guess, don't, you know, don't want to just ignore those standpoints, but mm-hmm. that's not really what this episode is about. But since it's right after Thanksgiving, I figured I'd mention it. Hope everybody had a wonderful time, um, whether you spend it with family or spend it by yourself. I hope that you had a, a good time of reflection and, um, were able to kind of think about some things that you're grateful for and, um, just kind of continue on from mm-hmm. there. Um, so what we want to talk about today is something that I don't know when I was thinking about. It, it might have <clears throat> been that was a, a couple of days before Thanksgiving when I was thinking about it. Mm, excuse me. I was um just thinking about my life and, and just trying to think, okay, so what do I want to work toward in life? Like what is important to me? How do I want to spend my time? And um, I just was thinking about how, you know, for some people, and I'm I'm always wondering about the meaning of life. I'm just like yeah. a big picture person <laughs> for yep. some reason. Yep. Every single day, uh, you know, a lot of the day, <clears throat> conversations, um, very, very deep conversations I had every day about the vicissitudes of life. You know, it's good. You know, it's good. It's Wearing to Veronica, Sean's soul. <laughs> Veronica's a very, very deep thinker. I thought I was deep. 
then she got me beat by a long shot. But <laughs> that'll be maybe the subject of another podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's like I, I don't know why I'm always just thinking about that stuff. Just like that's the way we're living, the way we should be living. What did God have in mind when He created us? What did He want us to do? What is life supposed to be like? And it's even to the point where on our uh, women's ministry for our church, the group me chat, I ask certain questions and people are like, oh, there goes Veronica mm-hmm. <laughs> with one of her questions again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the one I was thinking about the other day was just, okay, so like, what, how should we be living our lives? You know, um, I, I guess it's probably when I was, I've been reading um, the Little House on the Prairie series, or the, I guess it's called the Little House series by Laura Ingalls Wilder. I've been reading that with our oldest, just kind of going through. We we read Little House in the Big Woods, which is the first one, and then now we're reading Little House on the Prairie. We skipped Farmer Boy. I guess she didn't really like that one or something. Um, Y'all skipped the whole book? I guess. I don't know. I mean, the thing is, Ava, she she pre-reads everything, and she wasn't real interested in Farmer Boy, so we'll read it one day, but we just went to Little House on the Prairie. Y'all, let me cut in real quick. So, like, I, I really try to, um, <clears throat> you know, some may may see me as maybe a legalist. Yeah. But I'm a, I'm a firm believer that if you have a series, you should totally avoid touching any book in the future in that series. You haven't earned the right to open that part yet. It's like you kind of, like, are exercising, even though in the sense of reading books, you are omnipresent. So to speak, you're exercising omnipresence and it's, it's, it's not fair to do that. Just, you know, earn the right to open the book. And so my daughter, she'll, we get her a box set of books. And if they're like where she can get them, she'll like be looking through all of them, you know. And if, Sean is so <clears> opposed <throat> to that. He be putting the books on the shelf where she can't reach it. Yeah. No, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man. So I'm right now, I am reading the, um, um, the Narnia series with her, um, my oldest daughter, and I think Veronica started that with her. Yeah, we did the first one, and then y'all kind of picked up from there. Yeah, somehow. we picked up from there, and um, and like, hey, I want to know what happens too. I, you know, I don't. If she's kind of reading in advance, I feel cheated. I feel left out. So it's like, no, nah, man, we we gonna experience this together, man. But you know, the funny <laughs> thing is, when you read it to her, she reads it that reads it as if. She never read it before, which is interesting to me because like, it's kind of funny. Like, A Little House on the Prairie, there's a part, and I'm not going to, you know, spoil it for anybody who hasn't read it, even though it's been around for, I don't know, 100 years. Mm-hmm. But um, there's a part where, you know, you think, you think a member of the family was lost. And I was so, like, torn up about it. I was like, like Ava, she was looking sad. She was looking, you know, had all the emotions that you would expect her to have at that part of the book. And I just couldn't take it. I was like, but they did survive, right? I asked her, I was like, you know, they are in the other part of the book, right? She was like, oh, yeah. She kind of explained what happened. <laughs> <laughs> but you wouldn't have known that she knew because she um she was just the same. Like, she had the emotions. She had the sad look and everything. So, you wouldn't have known, but I just, I just couldn't take it. I was like, I'm either going to have to read this ahead oh or I'm going to have to just straight up oh. ask her. Like, you just got to read the book. Is, is it going to be okay? You just got to read the book. <laughs> I couldn't take it. So, Jeez. you know, you remember I told you about me um, reading Sounder and when, <laughs> when Sounder Jeez. got shot. 
Jeez. I had to stop reading the book. I think my <laughs> wife's thought, eyes are glazed even now. Stop. I'm laughing. That's why they're glazed. But anyway, yeah. I got so, I was so torn up about that book. They and went you out, put it down for years, I put it right? down for years. Hmm. <laughs> I probably read it the first time, like when you're supposed to, like seventh, eighth grade. And when I saw that Sounder got shot and he crawled under the house, I assumed he died. It's the middle of the book. But some reason it didn't make sense. It didn't occur to me that he probably, if the book is named after him, he didn't die at the beginning of the book or the middle of the book. But I put it there away for years. I put it in my bottom drawer. And then one day I was like cleaning out, you know, probably moving, going to college or something. Mm. Pulled that thing out of the drawer. And I was like, I got to read it. I just got to read it. See what happened. Pick that thing up. Sound ain't die. Sorry if I spoiled it for anybody, but he didn't die. Gosh. <laughs> I was torn up. I was crying real tears for Sounder. Man. And for years, couldn't even look at the book. Mm. And then later realized he was all right. See, you know, see, at the end of the day, man, you just got to understand it's a book, man. <laughs> you know, and you know, you just got to, you just got to, you know, I'm not saying that I hadn't gotten sad reading a book growing up or anything like that but but i never thought about <laughs> getting to that extent so that's why like for me it's like dude man you know it's like it, this is this is you just kind of understand in your upper level the upper level sean would understand reading that it this is just a part of the book reading experience this is this is a story <laughs> you know but it's like i mean i guess you gotta appreciate that you know, you and I guess my daughters will get so much into the book. It's almost as if you, whereas I'm yeah. reading a book, you're there. <laughs> I mean, you feel like it really happened to you. Jeez. And, um, you know, people who watch movies with me have seen the same thing. For anyone who listening, who remembers, I'll say Lake, Lakeview Terrace, which is <laughs> like, I don't know, and Gothica and um, what's a lesson before dying. <laughs> and, um, Crash, boy, oh boy, and Babel. I watched those movies. Oh, I was so sick. Oh, that's a movie stomach. I watched with you when I visit you in um, New York, right? Oh, we watched it up there. Okay, I think yeah, so. yeah, okay, yeah. I <clears> didn't <throat> get. I don't think I got all worked up with that one then. But um, no, that was my second time watching it because right. I had watched it with Shanda. But anyway, yeah, I, I tell you. But anyway, that, so the reason why I brought up Little House on the Prairie is because when I read these books, it's just so. It's just so palpable, like the life that they live is so rich. Like you're reading it and you're hearing about them doing stuff. And even when you're older, she'll be like, mmm, that hog head cheese they made. Ooh, it sounded so good. <laughs> and those cracklings that was frying in the grease, man, like I, I could taste it right now. <laughs> she gets so into, ooh, I wonder what corn cakes and molasses taste like. You feel, she like, probably <laughs> eat none of that stuff. <laughs> she wouldn't <laughs> eat any of but. I mean, she might because it's in Little House on the Prairie, but um, or Little House in the Big Woods. But it's like it's like you hear about their experiences, and it just seems so rich. But it's so simple. I mean, it's like little hunting. You know, you know, Ava. She got so excited hearing about Pa coming with a handful of prairie hens and stuff for dinner, and hearing about the prairie hen gravy. Like she oh, was yeah. like, "Man, that <clears throat> sounds good." But I, I guess so. What the the point? <laughs> The long, long path to this point is that um, 
we when we think about living a good life, a lot of times these days it's like you attain either a certain amount of money or a certain level of status or you've achieved some high level of attainment in your career. It's like everything is measured by what kind of success you gain in your career or in your life in general. And that's like considered a good life. Like when you can sit back in retirement and think about, you know, what you accomplished over the years or what, you know, I'm a senior executive this or I've reached this position. I own this company. I was this million, many millions of dollars. Like that's something that we strive for for today. Like that's what a good life seems to be. But then I think about folks that, you know, like on Little House on the Prairie or Little House in the Big Woods when they, I mean, their life was just about surviving. Mm-hmm. And it seems kind of like, oh, who would want a life like that? But in the book, they make it sound like it's just the best life. Like, Pa, he's always like, man, this is, we're going to have a good life. We got all the, the game, the wild game we can eat. We got plenty of room to raise our crops and the house is big enough to, to build upon and we can make more rooms and we can do this. It's just like this this pride in building this life for yourself. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And they don't seem to have any kind of like regret that that they're missing something. Like it's just all there. Mm-hmm. They don't have this attainment mentality, <clears throat> but they're they're good. Like they their goals are do we have enough food to eat to get us through the winter? Do we have um, the clothes to wear? And I, I mean, another thing that really got me, they in the middle of nowhere, like in Little House on the Prairie, they left the woods, which already was like, it wasn't really a lot going on, but they left there and went out to the prairie, went west to the prairie. And they're, they're in the middle of nowhere. There's no people around, like hardly. And Ma gets up, gets those girls up, and they eat breakfast, and she makes them clean up their little grass area outside the campfire, and they put a little flour in the vase, and she combed their hair and, and ironed their clothes and put on their clothes and all that stuff to be on the prairie by yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't I don't know. It's, it's something about that. I'm just like, we working our butts off for something, but really, what does it all matter? Like... What does it matter if I get like a <clears throat> seven-figure business? My law practice is the most known across the Southeast. Mm-hmm. It feels good, but like really ultimately, so what? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that's kind of like what I was thinking about. Just like what does it mean to um, <clears throat> live a good life? And why is it that, and I'm not saying it's bad. It's just more so like a real question. Like why is it that? There's so many different understandings of like what that good life is, whether it's attaining a certain career or it's just being able to provide for your daily needs without struggling. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of times we um we look at um oh yeah, let me say this real quick too. So by the way, y'all, we were <laughs> we were going to uh, record this. <laughs> We were going to record this podcast or whatever, you know, um, uh, um, video, which we will be doing that very, very soon, by the way. But um, <laughs> anyway, anyway. Go ahead. No, no, no. You so, don't you know, say what you want to say. 
No, because I'm I'm getting the mug. But um, it's a little hard <clears throat> at ten thirty at night to be camera ready on the spot. I'm just saying, like you gotta at least have time to prepare. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so a lot of a lot of um, a lot of times I think we look back at people who lived kind of like um what Laura Ingalls Ingalls Wilder um wrote about in um the Little House series and kind of feel sorry for them. You know, because of their lack of technology and <clears throat> a lot of the things that they had to do on their own, you know, and, um, you know, but now, now in my older age, of course, I'm not saying I'm old, um, but I am a good bit older. Now, whenever I think about that stuff, a lot of times I think that the quote joke is on us because, because, um. I mean, of course, now we're talking about a fictional series there, but it's <clears throat> based on her childhood. Oh, like she's the Lara in the in the book. Oh, okay. So, um, and I remember seeing that on TV a little bit, just a little bit, not much, but but anyhow, you know, you know, I guess it, to me, you know, you you kind of started to ask, what is life really about? What is the what's the meaning of life and what is, what is, what is a, um, a worthwhile day, um, daily experience or whatever. And so I don't know, like with them, you know, it seemed like everything that they were doing was directly not seemed like it just was everything that they did was directly associated with their, um, sustainment mm-hmm. they couldn't live mm-hmm. those things were essential to living right they made their clothes they they killed their meat and cooked their meat and you know I mean forget going to McDonald's because you didn't have time to cook like that <laughs> That kind of stuff was just I mean that's not even fathomable you're in the middle of nowhere <clears throat> the mm-hmm. nearest town was 40 miles mm-hmm Right, yeah, it's crazy. And, and this you didn't is have a horse car. and right, carriage. Right, there was no car, you know, where it only take you know about thirty minutes or, or more. But but anyway, but now the work that we do, it it earns us money that we use to go and get the things that we need from somebody else who produced them. And so, yeah, we're saving ourselves work in a sense just in exchange for a different kind of work that's more so instead of it being directly associated with our sustainment, it's more so associated with building society that we all live in, which, you know, it's all fine and good. But at the same time, you know, we buy these houses that we barely live in. You know, we spend more of our time at somebody's job, you know, you know, I have a nine to five, you know, so it's definitely the case for me. And um, we buy these vehicles that we use to get to work. And I don't know. The weekend is the only time you can really sit in the place and, and kind of like catch up on all the things that you weren't able to do. And um, I don't know, man. It's like on one, you know, on one hand, it's like it is cool that you don't have to do all the work of sowing and, you know, sowing seed and catching meat and sewing clothes and all that kind of stuff. But then at the same time, you know, it's like, 
So is it more meaningful to like go to somebody else's job and, you know, you know, you got a degree to get the job and, and you do X, Y, Z, you know, it's like, I don't know. It's like, I don't necessarily feel that way anymore. Not necessarily. Of course, that's just personally me, mm-hmm. you know. But. Yeah. And it's, it's like, even thinking about it, like I'm always just kind of thinking, okay, so let's say that I decided I'm not going to worry about being a lawyer anymore. And I'm just gonna, we're just gonna like live. We Every day is just a day to like, take care of things around the house or whatnot does would that feel like a good life mm-hmm. it's like perhaps i mean like i think on like yesterday was kind of one of those days you know the day after thanksgiving you were off you were kind of like cleaning up getting decluttering some things and i was cooking food and the kids were doing whatever they were doing it's like those are good days i remember um Sundays when this pandemic first happened, it was like Sundays were just like these really good days. But really, if you look, if I looked at what I did, I cooked for breakfast. <laughs> we cooked a big breakfast. Then I cooked for dinner. And in between, might work in the garden or something like that. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the time was spent, because I was cooking like these really, like these meals with like, you had to dice the onions and the garlic and the peppers and the carrots and like mm-hmm. everything had to be cut the greens had to be clean and cut mm-hmm. and i mean it was good like i i had no complaints mm-hmm. and i mean i guess like i mean it would be a good day i think i think it would be a good life if like most of the day was spent just kind of doing things for the home and then at the end of the day chilling out like the chapter we read yesterday uh, or today, I guess the kids they were in the bed, and the husband's like, "Come on, let's go look at the moon." So they just went outside and looked at the moon, and just you know, he sang on his sang and played his fiddle, and you know, just sat outside. Mm-hmm. That's the end of a day. There's no, um, there's no like being on the internet looking at Instagram because mm-hmm. they didn't have that. And then even like they were all in this one room cabin, so like you can't be just up doing stuff. Your kids would be up. So they just outside looking at the moon and um, listening to the crickets and the nightingales and all that stuff. Like, it seems mundane and boring, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's, it also has this sense of a full life as well. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess sometimes I think we're working so hard for for what? Like, right. For kind of we don't almost like we don't really know fully, fully what. Mm-hmm. We're working for, you know, at least when I think about it from my own perspective, because um, <clears throat> I don't know, you know, of course, it just kind of makes me think about just the whole just the way that we approach work in our society with the whole, you know, working 40 hours a week for 40 years. I mean, five days a week for 40 years and then you get <clears throat> a retirement and and during your retirement, you're supposed to, you know, I guess just kind of like enjoy recreation and stuff like that you all of your young years are spent kind of like doing xyz so you can get money or whatever and see the thing i guess the thing that really makes all this stuff very thought-provoking for me is i thought that this is the way it's supposed to be i thought this was just the way but then when you look when you think about this and then you look back at the way 
that people used to make a living for themselves and you just really think about it, you just realize that this is more or less a construct. It's a, it's a construct of our society, you know, where people create jobs and we get the jobs and we work and we, we exchange our own labor. We give our own labor in exchange for money again, so that we can buy the things that we need rather than our labor directly produces what we need, you know? And so, um, it's not, this is not, this is not the way it's not, you know, it's a way, you know? And so I'm not, I'm not, you know, demonizing or whatever. Again, I'm, this is what I'm doing, but I can't say that I don't have other thoughts because, you know, whenever it's, it's one thing to kind of see something as the way versus like seeing it just as an option or whatever. And, um, I don't know, like my wife was mentioning the stuff about, you know, the Sundays, whenever the pandemic started and all this stuff and all the things we were doing. I tell y'all, man, like vacation time from work really makes you think it makes it makes you think, you know, of course, I admit a lot of times I'm using that that time to to catch up on things that I need to do around the house. And but then I'm also using that time to do things more so that I want to do things that actually make me feel like Sean, I guess for lack of better words, mm-hmm. you know? And so when you, you know, I appreciate, you know, my employment definitely, but it's like sometimes whenever you kind of sit and you kind of realize that most of the, most of your waking hours are spent somewhere else, you know, it's like, okay, so what is this thing called life really? Mm-hmm. Is it really, I mean, again, you know, it's like we all make our own decisions. So I really want to stress that I'm kind of speaking for my own self, but like, is it really doing it for Sean, so to speak? Or is it really where, how does Sean really feel about, you know, maybe doing this for the next 30 years? And, you know, what does Sean do with his desire to do different stuff? You know, because, you know, it's just like, because I, and I'm, I'm very much of a, you know, like I was kind of joking about, um, you know, maybe being seen as legalistic, you know, like in the, in the sense of like traditional working and all that kind of stuff. I'm very much of a person that I would bust out 40 years. I'm sure doing this stuff because that's the kind of person that I am, Mm -hmm. you know, Veronica is a bit more free, a lot more free spirit than I am. So she, you know, if she, if she feels kind of like she needs to do something different then she's very much more likely going to do it than I am. Um, But my point more so is, since I see this way of living as kind of more or less optional, what does that mean for me? Mm-hmm. And then even, um, I do want to say that like, I can't be super flexible without you having your steady job. So oh, yeah. that's something. And, um, you know, but anyway, we, we, um, I guess it's like getting us on the path toward where we want to go as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, if you can work hard on your job to um make certain goals get accomplished for your job, you can use that same energy to work hard to find a way outside of it if you desire it. Yeah. I mean, everybody may not desire that, but um I think it's really the key is just in knowing that there is an option, alternative option out there. Mm-hmm. Because like you said for us like we didn't know that these were this was an option. We knew that you went to college and you got a job. 
and right. you just worked that job and you you made money and then you use that money to buy things like a house and a car and other things you need and want and then when you get done working you retire and you have the money saved up from whatever way you accumulated during your job but somewhere along the way we started to think why is it that we have to have this extreme delayed gratification like when you said work 30 more years at first i was like surely not but it's like no the average retirement age is 65 right we're 35 (laughs) so that would mean we're working a whole almost our whole lives again right which is um you know it's just i mean people do it all the time and i mean it's it's great but then when you think there's a different way right yeah you know think about it right you know i guess the thought i had is like We have to understand, and, and we have the privilege of doing that in this country, living in this country, like being able to kind of like more or less decide what we want to do with our lives. Um, but in I guess it ain't, huh? I say in this way, I'll right, explain this it later way. Oh. to you. But yeah, like I guess the thought I had was that we we should decide what it means to have a meaningful life individually and not so much and I, I sound like veronica saying this stuff just I, I my wife has had a great influence on my life <laughs> since we've been married and even since we've been dating i'll say but we really need to decide what living a meaningful life is for our own selves don't base it on the way that society is you know or anything like that or what somebody else did per se but like really just kind of decide and of course for us you know um, since we believe in God, like seeking him and seeing like, okay, so what, what is it, what kind of stuff do I really need to be spending my, my time on, you know, and not just not being limited by anything. Um, <clears throat> Cause um, I just know like for me, since again, I kind of see, I don't know, looking at like you talk about those folks, a little house on the prairie and, you know, even the examples of other people living in different times and in different situations and circumstances than us, that um, there's just a lot of things in my heart that I'm often kind of longing for and kind of like the traditional kind of way of our life doesn't, not, it doesn't, it's not quite touching all those, um, those areas so to speak mm-hmm. it's not so do i just kind of like sit there and just kind of think about this stuff for the next 30 years and then whenever i whenever i retire just kind of tell my grandchildren you know yaha you know what you need to do you know you need to think this way when you're young hopefully you won't talk like that at 65 <laughs> i mean you know <laughs> but what you need to do is you need to think about this stuff when you're young See, I didn't think about it until I was like maybe in my late 20s. And if y'all think about it now, then you can kind of do something. But I didn't, you know, I didn't think about it in time. Of course, I don't even think that's the case. I'm just saying. Yeah, we I mean, we got plenty of time. To, we're still young. Right. So do you just kind of like hide back behind like the 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 security blankets and things that we have kind of constructed in our society? You know, or do we just kind of like really understand that, you know, we have power in our own selves that it kind of reminds me how the Bible talks about in Deuteronomy 
God um how um God gave the Israelites the power to get wealth. Mm-hmm. Like the ability to produce that stuff from their own hands. <clears throat> you know. So I mean we have power in our own selves and it's not just to put into a construct. I mean it's just it's there. Right, so, right. Anyway. And wealth is um I think we really have to be careful about how we define the word wealth because if you define it the wrong way, it can trap you. Mm-hmm. Where you're trying to like get a lot, get of, a lot of money or something. Yeah, and assets and properties and all that stuff. The way our society is set up makes it a little bit harder, but there is still a way. Like, there are a lot of people now who are like getting land and, and just kind of creating their own way. I saw somebody's Instagram account or Instagram profile the other day where, um, they started out selling like five turkeys. Like she was raised, she bought some land and she's raising turkeys. Started out with like five. Now they, I guess on this past Thanksgiving, they sold 75. Oh, wow. And now they're about to sell some more for Christmas. Hmm. And um, they doing all, They, I mean, they had pigs, they had everything. You know, this young black family. Uh, I mean, I think it was just a lady. She's about our age. And she just, just doing it. Um, so is there a way that I mean, like, and a lot of times these are people like, you know, you remember we had the guy, I won't um, name names, but the guy we knew who came from New York and like, Mm -hmm. was like getting real stressed up there, came down here, he quit his job, came down here and bought some land. Used his retirement to buy a lot of land. Mm Mm-hmm. Bought a lot of land. I don't know if it's retirement because he was young, but, um. No, I think, I mean, yeah, because he, I'm pretty sure it oh, was. Oh, like the money it was for retirement? Right, the money that oh, he okay. had been doing, like, in his 401k. So right. People do that, yeah. Right, 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 okay. Yeah, cause that, yeah, and I think he said he was living out of his truck for a little while and ended up buying, like, a tent. And, you know, this kind of built from there, and now they are, they are doing it. Like, they, I don't, I, I don't keep up anymore, but they really have a lot going on now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm operations and everything and it's and it's all from the power of their own hands i know they i remember they were building their house and um just doing everything on their own i mean this is not somebody who was raised on a farm this is somebody who was grown up in new york (laughs) new york Mm -hmm. city Mm -hmm. executive but um you know what was i gonna say oh when you're talking about like the privilege of choosing in our country i think sometimes in other countries it's actually easier to make that choice. Like, um, I think about, um, that guy I was following, I think it's John Jendai, who's in Singapore. He has this life is easy, Mm -hmm. um, motto where he, um, he was in like a a village in Singapore and he said like, they, they grew their own food, they fished, they did all this stuff. And they lived in like these mud houses. He said life was fine. Like they had no problems. Everything was good as far as they were concerned. And then, like, some people came from somewhere and told them that, you know, y'all are poor. And they started, like, bringing all this stuff to try to help them to, like, you know, get I guess get out of poverty. Mm-hmm. And they were encouraging the young people to move to, like, um, the city and to, you know, go to college and get jobs and make real money. And he was saying how hard it was. Like, he was studying to be an architect and he had to work all these hours just to study. And he was living in like this apartment with all these guys and just like scraping by to um to survive. And he said like eventually he was like, why? 
am I doing this? I wasn't poor. He said I had everything I needed. Mm-hmm. It just didn't look like what people thought wealth was. And mm-hmm. so he went back home and like, I mean, I think the education he received probably helped change his mindset to to an extent that was very helpful mm-hmm. where he was able to like think about all he would need. And he bought like a half acre of land and built his brick house out of mud and did all these things. And so now he's talking about all the money he makes from his crops. And he also like, this does different things to make money. But he's like, you know, I don't work. I work like two hours a day. And the rest of the day I'm doing what I enjoy because it's just not that much work to do. It's wonderful. And he's like, you know, I, I produce all my food and have everything I need. But people from the outside think that's poverty because he didn't have a TV and he doesn't have like a car and all these modern conveniences. But he said he's always talking about how he has a very rich life. Mm-hmm. So it's like <clears throat> I think sometimes we think of people as being poor in other countries. And sometimes people are. But I think a lot of times what we see as poverty is just simple. It's simplicity. Yeah, and we think, oh, woe is them. They don't have fancy clothes and cars and their houses are, are one room houses. But, like, they're fine. Mm-hmm. And they, they don't have the stress we have. They they don't take antidepressants like we take. Mm-hmm. They're not dying of the same illnesses we're dying of at, at such a high rate. And so it's like, we who are we? To, we think that we're so much better off. But if yeah. we change our perspective, we might see that we're actually worse off. Right. We're the ones. We're the ones struggling. And we're kind of on this, um, like they say, this hamster wheel, all kind of going for this particular ideal that is um you know rel- relatively artificial you know and um yeah you know at the end of the day like you talking about that guy it's like you know you just need you just need your needs all of us all of us have wants and whatnot but if all of your needs are taken care of and then you got you got time you can actually choose how you spend your time it kind of reminds me, I used to work with this guy and we'll be wrapping up pretty shortly. But um, I used to work with this guy who was a few years younger than me and um, just seemed very wise beyond his years. Um, but he used to go on, he he used, he like never had leave because he was always using his leave to travel around the world and stuff like that. And so I used to talk to him and um, he kind of had some thoughts about you know, um, different things to do. He was an engineer like me, but he was kind of, you know, thinking about doing different stuff, kind of going down more of the entrepreneur route. Um, and, um, he was like, he was like very bent on like leaving. He was going to do something different. And he was like, man, you know, you know, I don't care about no money, man. He said, I care about my time, you know, And that made a very big impact on me again, because this is like this young dude saying all these wise words and whatnot. But yeah, man, having everything you need, being able to dictate how your time is spent, not having to spend all your time doing something for somebody, but being able to you decide what your time consists of you can use your time to directly produce your needs and you know you don't have to like get up early for somebody 
you know, you know, and again, you know, we decide what we want to do. I'm not saying that having a job is wrong again. You know, I don't, I don't want to like, I really don't want to imply that, but just like meaningfulness of life or whatever is like, that really shapes a lot of my thought. And, you know, you mentioned that guy, Veronica, and, um, he's kind of think, no, nah, he don't have all the electronics and all that kind of stuff, but he can, what he, he can do what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. And like, to me, it's like, I don't know. There's there's definitely like a lot of meaningfulness in that. Um, in my from my view, when you can decide like that, what you're gonna do every day. So. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess um, it's just. I guess going back to my initial question of like what makes a meaningful life when you look at you know you can have a little house on the prairie type life or you can have a, a um, high power exactly. you know executive life where you're working a lot of hours and making a whole lot of money and then there's time, places in between where you might be working for a non-profit that's doing good work or <clears throat> you might have your own business but um I guess it's just like at the end of the day you know, I think really knowing what mean what is meaningful to you is what matters, and like going toward that, and not allowing other people's standards of what you should be doing to shape you. Mm-hmm. Really understand what kind of life do I want for me and my family, and mm-hmm. going for it. Of course, like you know, with little house on the prairie, there's snake bites and there's malaria and things like that that we don't want, and thankfully we have some accommodations for that but then you know with those accommodations in place that you know i think there's a lot that we could do if we have more of a hands-on i'm gonna be responsible for my own self mindset so Mm -hmm. you know i think that i don't know Mm because we gotta see how what it means for us yeah we definitely do it's like we talk about stuff all the time but yet i know i'm gonna be thinking about this stuff a lot tonight um so yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's you know it's it's been a pleasure talking with everybody, or talking with y'all, and hopefully, um, you know, it's provoking some thought, some thoughtful thoughts, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank y'all. Make sure you share and everything. See you on the flip side. All right. Doing Wholeness is a Back to Basics Health and Wholeness podcast with theme music produced by Life on 